Welcome to this week's episode of the One Play Sports Podcast. My name is David Hevener, and I'm the host of the show. Today, we have a really exciting interview, but before we get into that, I want to give a quick update as to what happened this past week in the sports world. First off, let's go to the NBA bubble in Orlando, Florida. The Eastern Conference Finals between the Boston Celtics and Miami Heat is currently 2-1 to one in favor of Miami. Each of the first three games have been a dogfight, and I expect the rest of the series to go that way. The series is probably going to go at least six or seven games, probably seven, but we'll see. The Celtics had a double-digit lead in games, both one and two of the series, but ended up blowing the leads in both of those games. But the Celtics were able to hold on to that lead in game three and pull out a victory for that game. One of the big reasons why the Celtics were able to pull out a winning game three was getting Gordon Hayward back into the lineup after him being out for about four weeks due to an ankle sprain. Getting a boost like Gordon Hayward on that roster is a huge plus for them and will definitely be beneficial for the rest of the series and potentially the finals if the Celtics end up winning the series. Game four is currently scheduled for Wednesday night. The Western Conference Finals between the Denver Nuggets and the LA Lakers is currently 2-0 in favor of the Lakers. Game 1 was a blowout for the Lakers, and Game 2 was a way more competitive game. The Nuggets were actually leading 103-102 with a couple of seconds left to go in the game. However, Ridge on Rondo was able to inbound the ball to Anthony Davis, who was able to hit a three-pointer as the time was expiring. That shot put the Lakers ahead 105-102 to for the final score. Game 3 of that series is scheduled for Tuesday night. The Stanley Cup final for the NHL is also currently taking place in Edmonton, Alberta. The Dallas Stars currently have a 1-0 series lead from their 4-1 winning Game 1. Game 2 of that series is currently going on as this is being recorded. The Lightning have a 3-0 lead at the end of the first period. In some college football news, the Big Ten Conference announced that they will be returning to play football for this year after originally deciding to cancel their season in August due to COVID-19. Return to play is scheduled for around October 23rd to 24th, around that weekend. One game that I do want to highlight real quickly was the Liberty versus Western Kentucky game. The Flames were able to go on the road and pick up their first win on the season in their 2020 debut. The Hilltoppers were a 14-point favorite before the game started, but the Flames were able to pull out the victory with a 30-24 to win. Junior quarterback and Auburn transfer Malik Willis had a terrific game in his LEU debut. It was actually his first game starting since high school because he was the backup at Auburn to Jarrett Stidham, who is now the quarterback for the New England Patriots that Bill Belichick had originally drafted to secede Tom Brady. And we all know how that's going out in New England with Cam Newton right now. But with that being said, Willis wasn't getting any playing time at Auburn. So he decided to transfer to LEU. Willis is a very athletic dual threat quarterback and he proved that on Saturday he ran for 168 yards and three touchdowns on the day he was also able to get 133 yards through the air the flames are going to face off against FIU on Saturday for their home opener in other college news, the NCAA announced that the Division I college basketball season is set to begin on Wednesday, November 25th. The season was originally scheduled to start on November 10th, but it was pushed back due to the COVID-19 pandemic. So it looks like we will have college basketball this year and uh, the NCAA tournament should be a go for this upcoming March. 
the first two weeks of NFL football have not been disappointing at all as well. The Patriots won their first game against the Miami Dolphins and then dropped their week two matchup on Sunday night football against the Seattle Seahawks. Running back James White was inactive for that game because he had been told before the game that his parents were in a severe car accident that killed his dad and his mother was in critical condition because of it. It seemed like from both sides of that game because Russell Wilson, who's the quarterback for the Seahawks, was teammates with James White at Wisconsin. And obviously all the Patriots are his teammates. So they were all trying to play the game for James White. And it was definitely a great game for sure. It was a great game overall that came down to a last minute drive, but the Patriots and Cam Newton came up short a yard or two of a touchdown that would have won the game. Despite the Patriots losing the game, it still had a lot of upside for the Patriots. It was a great game for Cam Newton. He threw the ball for almost 400 yards passing on the game. The Patriots are going to face off next Sunday against the Las Vegas Raiders at home in Foxborough. Tom Brady and the new look Tampa Bay Buccaneers got their first win on Sunday at home against the Carolina Panthers. The LA Chargers also had their first game in their brand new $5 billion SoFi Stadium. Quarterback Tyrod Taylor was also ruled out right before the game due to a chest injury, which meant that the sixth overall pick from last year's draft, Justin Herbert, was thrown into the game against the defending Super Bowl champions and the Kansas City Chiefs. The former Rose Bowl champ held his own against the Chiefs, and it took a field goal in OT for the Chiefs to get the victory over the Chargers. It looks like the Chargers have a bright future at QB if this kid can stay healthy and develop. Another one of the wild games on Sunday was between the Atlanta Falcons and Dallas Cowboys. It was the Dallas Cowboys home opener. They had about 20,000 fans there because that's what the guidelines allowed for the different social distancing measures. The Falcons came hot out of the gate and even had a 20 to nothing lead at one point. The Falcons were even leading by 15 with five minutes left to go in the game. And with most teams, that should mean the game is over, but not for the Falcons. The Cowboys ended up scoring two touchdowns in that time to make it a two-point game. The Cowboys then were somehow successful at pulling off an onside kick, which is basically a miracle on its own nowadays, especially with all the different rules. And the Cowboys were able to recover the ball and drive down the field and put Greg Zerline in range to drill a 46-yard field goal that won the game for the Cowboys by one. Teams that had scored 39 points and had zero turnovers were 440 to zero until yesterday when the Falcons decided to utterly collapse and lose that game. The Falcons have never been the same and will never be the same since that utter Super Bowl 51 collapse against Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. That loss still haunts that franchise to this day. But overall, it was a great week of football, and I'm excited to see what the rest of the season has in store. But unfortunately, one of the big themes around the NFL on Sunday was injuries. Both Saquon Barkley and Nick Bosa suffered torn ACLs, which means their season's done. And Christian McCaffrey suffered a high ankle sprain, which will sideline him for about four to six weeks. That won't hurt because he's on my fantasy team. He was my number two overall pick. I mean, I was deciding between him and Saquon Barkley. So at least I'm hopefully going to have Christian McCaffrey in a couple weeks. Saquon would have been in for a week and then out for the season. So I think I'd made the right choice choosing Christian McCaffrey over Saquon. But yeah, those are some of the most notable injuries from week two. The MLB announced this past week that they're going to be going into the bubble format for their playoffs this year. There will be four bubbles to start off with. Two will be in Texas and Arlington at the new Rangers ballpark and in Houston at the Astros ballpark. 
And then there will be two in California and San Diego at the Padres Park and in Los Angeles at the Dodgers Stadium. The regular season is currently wrapping up their 60-game season this week as they're preparing for the playoffs. The playoffs will start on September 29th with the Wild Card Series. The eight best-of-three matchups in that round will be played at the Higher Seeds Ballpark. After those series are over, they will go into the bubble format for the rest of the postseason in their respective cities. That's been a quick look around the busy sports world from this past week. Now, with that being said, let's get into the interview. Today's guest is originally from St. Louis, Missouri. He was the first member of his family to be born in the United States in 1996. He was a first-generation student to go to the University of Missouri and graduate with a degree in sport management. He's also a self-taught graphic designer. He is currently a digital designer for the Orlando Magic. Tony has been able to create content for other organizations that you've probably heard of, such as Mizzou Athletics, the Drew League, the Carolina Panthers, the College Football Playoff, the Seattle Seahawks, and the Dallas Cowboys. I've been really excited to do this interview. Please welcome to the show, Tony Wynn. Is that how you pronounce your last name? Yeah, man. Thank you for a great introduction. I mean, you basically know everything about me already, so, (laughs) you know, that's great. (laughs) So, can you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself so they can get to know you a little bit? Yeah. Yeah, man. Other than what you said, um, you know, it's been the last past year has been a great opportunity to, uh, you know, jump from college athletics to a professional NBA team or just, you know, an organization in general, right? It's uh, It's been cool just to see my development and growth from the past year and a half or so, you know, everything from, you know, as a designer and as a person. So, but yeah, I'm just really excited to get started and just tell my story a little bit more but other than that i mean you kind of nailed it for what i was going to say so yeah how did you end up choosing the university of missouri and how did your experiences there help prepare you for once you got a full-time job right out of school yeah of course man uh i chose the university of missouri because i was basically broke <laughs> but uh you know so i decided to stay and stay i was close to my mom she, she wanted me to stay close to home i always remember like the night before she was crying she was hugging me but uh yeah she I'm a mama's boy you know I'm not gonna lie but yeah man just being two hours away it was nice to you know being in Columbia and to be honest with you sport management was kind of like a broad range right it just Mm -hmm. really it's a fluff around and see the umbrella of what goes on sport management so everything from like ticket sales to you know, live event management and stadium facilities. That's all what I learned really, but I knew what I wanted to do with my job long-term, which was graphic design. And I didn't do that until sophomore years when I realized. So basically I was able to get in contact with Ali Fisher, who was my boss at the Athletics, my sophomore year. Um, but then, yeah, it's just like the next three years, a lot of hard work and sacrifice because, you know, being a full-time student and then being able to manage all that, you know, you know how it goes. You from other podcasts, people listen to. It's always a grind, right? It's like mm-hmm. um, it's a sacrifice that you have to willing you have to be willing to make in order to get to where you want to be. I will say, uh, probably we'll throughout this podcast, it's like that 
progress. It's not going to be something that's, you know, done overnight. It's going to be years and years of experience and getting to know other people and learning from their techniques to get to where you want to be. But um, I would say, yeah, I would say my Mizzou Athletics experience was able to take me and show me other opportunities that I can get. And, you know, thankfully enough, I was able to use my platform just to, you know, really showcase my work. And then before you know it, my names were being mentioned in other rooms and then I'm being reached out to uh, a few professional sports teams and you know I think I think it was a mecca for me right to work for the college football playoff being in college athletics so seeing that whole atmosphere was awesome man it was it was great to be a part of from everyone doing like the smallest details to you know stressing out over the little stuff but I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit here, but yeah. Oh, for sure. Definitely. It's crazy how much goes into sports. People don't realize how, how many little details are necessary to put together a final product. And it's just crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. So I think with social media, right. People always see the work that we have mm -hmm. out there. We highlight what we do our best, but behind the scenes, there goes so much behind it. It's like there's uh, mental burnouts and there's a creative rut that you have to go through and like inspiration and then moods and then, you know, a lot of different things factor in what you're making. So, but yeah. I mean, every creative has a rut, whether it's if you're trying to like write a song or a book, like photography, like anything, Mm -hmm. everybody goes through that type of rut where, you know, the creative juices, they're not flowing or it's just like burnout. So that's definitely yeah. a good point, and I'm glad you brought that up. So, how long have you known you wanted to work in the sports industry, and then why did you end up taking the sport management route instead of do? Did they have a graphic design route that you could have taken, or just kind of yes. like what was your processing through that? Yeah, of course, man. Like, I'll start back in high school, right? And I grew up a huge basketball fan and sports fan in general, and I was that kid and sitting in my living room just pretending like I worked for the sports team, you know. And just it's crazy how that all plays back in a few. Years years later right and uh right but yeah i decided to go with i originally decided to do marketing but that that was definitely too hard for me to be honest i didn't want to put in the effort no <laughs> but uh it is what it is so mm-hmm. but uh yeah um I, I decided to do sport management because it seemed to be more of a field that i was able to relate to more and i can find general interest in mm-hmm. it's like 10 classes and but yeah it's it's worked out well in the end because i got to see i got to meet with so many people and go to different places like nashville indianapolis and just a few other cool places just to see uh, the sports and operations sides of it, right? So just knowing what's going on in the organization, like I said in the past. But uh, yeah, man, I decided to do that. Um, The reason why I didn't do, it's very stubborn to me and I realized it would have been very beneficial now in the long term because I don't know how to do print projects. So I always ask for my, uh, the, the people I work with for help for that. Because I'm yeah. so digital, everything's self-taught for Photoshop. But when you ask me about InDesign, uh, Illustrator, you know, I'm kind of clueless. That's like another language to me. And I yeah. think that would have been beneficial to do a graphic design major. And for anyone listening, do I personally think that you should get a graphic design major? That's up to you. If you believe you can, if that's, you know, it's your money, you're doing what you want with your education and you know that's where you want to go down the line, it's always beneficial, right? It's in case one day, you know, sports design is something you want to do and you want to get more into agency work, you know, that's a perfect route to build your portfolio with. But if you know you want to get into sports design, work for a professional sports team, college athletics, et cetera, then I think, you know, being self-taught is always a good route to go because we have such a inclusive community can, that can help you with connections and Helping your growth and just being able to share your network. So 
but yeah. No, definitely. And when I was in school, I know that because I graduated with a video major, but I was in the digital media program. So we had to take certain classes because there were like four or five different cognates that we could take like digital media, audio, video, performance. And then one of the other things was graphic design. So we had to take an intro to graphic design class. So, I mean, I don't remember a ton of it now because it was a couple of years ago, but it's definitely been helpful to have that background with InDesign. Photoshop is still something that I'm trying to pick up now. But um, yeah, yeah, so. definitely, man. And I think what school can do for you is just help you with the basics of it, right? It's about having the ethic, the morale. So just to really just set aside, set aside time on your own free time just to really dive into what you want to learn. So that's what anything really, because, yeah. you know, only school can take you so far, but it's what you yeah. do outside of the classroom that, you know, helps your development. So, yeah. Definitely. Plus there's a ton of like learning tools out there. There's Skillshare, there's lynda.com. I know there's a bunch of websites that have videos t- or video, not even tutorials, but just like classes that people can teach on the programs like Photoshop and design, yeah. Premiere, like all that other stuff. So there's definitely a bunch of tools out there. If that's something that somebody would be interested in. So how long have you been into graphic design? And then what were some of the ways you were able to teach yourself programs like Photoshop and stuff like that? I think this is a pretty universal answer for anyone self-taught, but just really getting on YouTube practicing, right? Um, I remember graphic design back to when it really wasn't uh, an actual job you can get in the sports field yet. And I was back in when there's basketball forums and all that stuff. I was pretty young, about like 14 or 15 or so, and then really got into it. Um, when I started to get into college, it started to grow what I wanted to do kind of in a sense. So, but yeah, it's, when I think about it, it's crazy. It's like six or seven years, but I haven't taken it serious until the past four years or so. So, but yeah takes time yeah definitely i mean i was the same way with video like i just was messing around with a camera when i was younger when we went on trips with my family um took pictures like put them into a slideshow was happy to like show people what we did and then you know kind of just kept going with that and then ended up picking up photography and videography um it's just something that video editing is something self-taught for me. Started off on iMovie and then moved my way up to Premiere and all their stuff like that. But it's definitely something that is definitely doable for anybody that if they don't, you don't need a formal degree, you know, you don't need a video degree or a graphic design degree or something like that to, if you put the time in and are willing to teach yourself some of the skills, it's definitely something that's doable if you want to pursue that as a career. So yeah, for sure, man. No, don't know. So I don't have anything to add on to that. <laughs> so how long did it take you to land a job opportunity once you got out of school? Yeah. So, um, you know, usually during my the spring semester or my senior year, that's when jobs really started to pick up. And I don't really tell a lot of people, but uh, I was close to, you know, working for Bleacher Report, but I decided to land an opportunity full time with benefits and whatnot, because the position with, with Bleacher Report was an internship. And I don't know if I could financially like, take yeah. care of myself in New York. So, but yeah, mm-hmm. I really loved uh, Orlando. So, you know, it kind of worked out for itself where I got, I heard back, I applied on LinkedIn and sometime in uh, March, early March, got through my interviews and then spring break came around. I was already in Orlando and uh, yeah, I was able to meet them in person for my final round of interviews. And then, you know, it was crazy because on the way back on a Friday, I heard back, they offered me a job, but I had that weekend to decide. And, um, you know, telling my Asian mother, <laughs> not the most, not the most, um, you know, it was very intimidating the way where I wanted to ask her. It's like, hey, 
I decided I'm going to move to Orlando. Yeah. And so it's hard for her to take in, but she was all for, she was also for supporting. I honestly don't think she even knows what I do. So, so, <laughs> but, uh, that's, <laughs> but that's what it is. And yeah, man. So I do LinkedIn and fortunately enough, you know, I'm here and I'm a, I'm a huge believer in everything happens for a reason, you know, but yeah. Definitely. So was the college football playoff, for, that was all freelance stuff, right? That you got hired? Yes. For? Yes, it was something that an opportunity I was offered in October. And then uh, I was working throughout the few months along with my other jobs with the Camp Panthers and Mm-hmm. And the athletics and then you know managing school at the same time but uh but yeah it was, it was cool because they flew me out and uh to be in the bay and it was, it was surreal man it's it's really cool to see two teams that are very competitive but also have a huge fan base oh and yeah at Mizzou, as as much as i love mizzou like we don't have anything that's like a national powerhouse right but no. being able to feel that in the sense of way where it's genuine enough to like where you enjoy the game competitively and so it was cool to work the game but also see how everything was happening i think yeah. it hit me when you know the fireworks went out oh, this is incredible and like it was really cool to see that clemson beat alabama but so when t- you've gotten these freelance opportunities with the panthers the college football playoff seahawks and the cowboys like how did the how did those come about? Did teams like reach out to you or just kind of how did that work out for you? Like I said earlier, your name is going to be mentioned in multiple rooms. So you definitely have to take the time to brand yourself and yeah. put out your own work as much as possible and uh, be able to interact with other people, you know, have a personality, have a brand, have, you know, show your work and, you know, be able to really set yourself in what you believe in, in your work. And so having a portfolio is very beneficial Mm -hmm. and creating stuff that's not the same as everyone else, what everyone else is doing. Because if you think about it, they don't want someone who has a style that, that can, you know, looks like everyone else because until then there's no point of you know hiring that person so they they look for certain particular styles that they like that that fits within their style guide that would they be able to know is like hey you know this person can do this this person knows how to add assets that would be able to relate to this right Mm -hmm. and so i found out that formula has worked for me and you know being able to uh, show that as a graphic designer you know i can be able to work within different style guides and then be able to if you you would have never known if like i freelance for something because they always give a style guide where you can as much creative freedom as you get but you know these are kind of like the lines that you have to reach so that's more with like the cowboys and the seahawks but for other positions man it's more of um you know opportunities come and go right it's like they like they really like to work because it's unique enough and then you get reached out to do it and it's super cool just uh be able to work with different colors in the several way and but yeah like i said your name is always constantly being mentioned in other rooms and you never know who's watching your work and who's looking at your portfolio who might reach out to you so you've been with the magic for about a year and a half now. How has that experience been like for you with it being your first full-time job? And then what was it like when they paused the season as well? And I know they made it to the bubble. So what's that first year been like for you? Yeah, it's it's more of a, a growing development kind of thing for me where I'm starting to understand who I am as a designer and kind of the direction I want to go from my standpoint. And, you know where I see my future, right? And uh, the magic has been very great. I've been very grateful to work for the magic because it's just like they believe in the vision I have, the value that I can bring to the table for social media and stuff like that. And it's been cool to see the digital side of it and how the NBA teams are working as 
working as an organization or as a business, right? As corporate. So you get to see the different sides of it about what goes on behind the scenes, like little stuff like acts during halftime or, you know, doing stuff with the mascot. Uh, that's been really cool to see for me. And it's like surreal at first. And I remember my first game, it just really hit me. It's like, you know, I'm working in NBA. That's super cool and awesome. And uh, yeah, man, I think a lot of times young designers, I will say, get, you know, too caught up in, you know, thinking that uh, social media it's just really about making cool graphics. It's more in that, right? It's the, con- the context about why you're making it, who you're making it for. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a lot of decisions and say about, you know, partners and sponsors and this and that. But, you know, that's that comes with time. And, you know, when until you're able to experience it, you won't be able to really know how it feels like, right? So mm-hmm. uh, I think the advice that I can give for young designers who want to work in, you know, for a professional sports team is, you know, keep keep doing you and like keep, developing your personality you know your work professionalism and you just really try to strive yourself to like you know create work that's unique and something that you can really tell a story behind because that's what they love to see in interview processes but yeah most of the time these interviews man it's they're already interested in you enough to like where like they like your work but they wanted to be able to see how you work as a team mm-hmm. your personality who you are as a person how can you work within tight deadlines yeah. but yeah it's working on that kind of stuff the little niche stuff and then yeah man it's like at the end of the day the person that you're that's interviewing you they're trying to see if they can work with you on an everyday basis so that's like the advice that i think that i heard that i would pass down to anyone definitely and i mean one of the big things especially in sports is being a part of a team especially if you're a part of a digital content team because i mean when i was in charlotte i worked side by side with the digital and social team so you know and especially like you mentioned the tight deadlines in sports time is money so you gotta put out content as quick as possible but you also want to make sure it's good quality content not just like you're putting out stuff to put out stuff you know but yeah, exactly, man. You make a great point. It's all about working within tight deadlines. And as much as you compare her, you always feel like you're always falling behind. It's all about being mm-hmm. a step ahead and trying to get your head above water most of the time. So, yeah. What's the end goal for you career wise? Is it kind of doing what you're doing now or something different or what's the... Yeah, man, I, I realized over the years, like the chair as a designer, right? Like, I think the end goal for me, you know, I emphasize on the think because... I kind of want to be a creative director, but I don't know if sports is something I forever want to be in because it's a constant, it's, it, as much as every season is different, it feels the same. And I don't know if I can do that forever. Yeah. I just don't know where my head's going to be at in five years down the line. But, you know, right now for me, I'm just trying to enjoy the present as much as I can and uh, be able to be a part of an evolution where, you know, times are changing for us working remotely and uh, being able to see how effectively we can work from home. And because our j- jobs may, you know, change in a way digitally in the future. So there's so many routes that can happen from there. So, you know, for me, I'm just trying to be in the present right now and uh, learn as I go. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Not for sure. Definitely. Yeah, it's crazy how much everything went digital this past, like since March, how many how many jobs went remote. It truly shows that, you know, you don't need to necessarily work in an office. So, yeah. But. I think the hardest part for anyone, it's like we, we were so in the old school traditional way where working nine to five but then things start to add up and like we're just trying oh, yeah. to change the way how that is uh evolutionized and it's cool to be a part of that and see that shift right as as millennials and for the next generations for you know to come so not for sure plus i know with sports there's no nine to five you know any game day is not yeah. a uh when i was in charlotte for game days it was like say 10 o'clock till about midnight and then back in the office yeah. the next day. So it's yeah. stressful as hell, man. Like when you think about it, it's like, it's always, 
that's when creative rut happens, right? It's because you're so mm-hmm. burnt out from the night before. You get to come in the next day. And sometimes, like, it can be completely useless because, you know, you don't have much on your plate because it's slow during the season. You know, you may your team not might be doing so hot. So you don't know if content's going to really fulfill mm-hmm. that uh, void, that, that emptiness. But, yeah, man, just some days I would always ask myself, like, why am I here in the office? You know, I'd rather be home not yeah. doing anything rather than being at work doing nothing at all as well. So, but, yeah. So what is one piece of advice you would give to somebody that wants to work in sports and specifically like the creative side? I think it's about being, it's important to be creative from a personality standpoint, right? Being able to really back up your ideas and be confident when you present them. It's always a high risk, high reward kind of thing. Uh, I know for me, we are working on our style guide and it's I think it's fine. some people find it intimidating I know I did when like because you know the people I work with I have so much respect for them for you know their, how long they've been working in the industry how long they've been working with graphic design and different companies and whatnot and so it was very intimidating for me because that was my first year but mm-hmm. being able to take that leap and believe in the confidence that you have is very important but like I said earlier man it's all about personality and you know the person that's interviewing you is the person's going to see if they can work with you every day on a single day basis and do they trust you and do they believe in your vision and to be able to put out the ideas that you have for you so yeah it's um, for me I think with them how the magic is ran that they didn't really care for much about my social presence they looked at my portfolio and they asked me questions about being a good team member right and mm-hmm. co-worker and whatnot so experience does play a role but if you're confident enough then you know competition is the last thing you're thinking of, right? It's like, yeah, I know probably like 20 to 30 people, who knows, a random guest, right, applying for the same position. But I was able to really sell myself on, yeah, I know how the social trends work and this is what I can bring to the team, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, every team's looking for something different. Just because someone says no doesn't mean someone's going to, someone else is going to you know, it possibly could mean that someone else could say yes. Like I mm-hmm. said, everything happens for a reason. So um, yeah. even they say no, they don't believe in your vision. You know, maybe it won't be the best, but someone will eventually say yes. And, you know, mm-hmm. they, you'll be able to do what you want to do. For sure. And then this kind of goes along the same lines, but I know there's a ton of people that are out of work right now, whether it be they're a new graduate, like looking for a full-time job, or I know there's a ton of people that have been laid off because of COVID and then, you know, they've furloughed their positions or not anymore like do you have any advice for somebody that's looking for a job in the sports field that has either been laid off or yeah yeah and um you know i genuinely feel bad for people who are creatives and you know have a passion and working in sports right they were able to make it and they did all the hard work and sacrifices they have but for me i personally am not comfortable just like speaking on that question because you know for me honestly i don't know what's like to go through that situation because i was fortunate enough to you know have that set up for me pre-covid where I was able to go in person, do interviews, uh, not have to worry about the side where it's like business side of it, right? Making money and like all those kind of... Nit- I will say to anyone who's discouraged or feel like they don't know what's going to happen in the future is to always like keep your head up and know that anything that happens in front of you is something that you can capitalize on, right? And I think that's just like a general rule of life about how people approach things when, you know, when we're at our down the most and, you know, we're going through a hard time. It's all about how we, you know, push through that and get back in our feet. So everyone goes through that process differently. I'm not going to speak about, you know, what I think what anyone should do really. Yeah. I just, I'm a, I'm a firm believer in like rooting for people and just like, if they have a certain ethic of how they do things, I'm just going to let them run with it and 
all I can do here is just be a mirror to like hear what they want to say, right? And so, mm-hmm. yeah, man, like as much as I wish I knew the secret ingredient to that or how to answer that question, I really yeah. don't. Every situation is different. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. All right, so let's just do a couple getting to know you questions. First question, are you a morning or a night person? Uh, it depends. If I'm a morning person, I tend to be more energized, but um, most of the time I don't like waking up early, so night person for sure. I don't blame you. I feel like especially <laughs> being uh, like, I feel, I don't know why, but I feel like my creative juices flow a lot better at night. Like if I'm up to like yeah. two or 3 a.m., like I can be more productive than, you know, waking up at like six or seven. I don't, it's just, I don't know. That's just me, but. Yeah, I agree, man. Uh, favorite type of food? Yo, honestly, man, I love Asian food. Like, <laughs> yeah? Not gonna lie. Yeah, dude, like, even though I'm Asian, I love Asian food. Like, there's no other way. Like, no, I love good. being a critique of it and, like, being a judge and being like, nah, that doesn't taste the same as what my mom would. Yeah, I really love Asian food. But, you know, honestly, I'm not really a picky eater. So, if yeah. someone wanted to get a pizza or one day get cheeseburgers, I'm all yeah, for yeah, it. Yeah. So, any yeah. kind of foods. Yeah, I'm not picky either. It's kind of nice having a bunch of stuff to choose from versus, like, yeah, you know, five or six different things you like. I do like Mexican food, though. I do prefer Mexican food if I had to choose. As much as I love Asian food, Mexican food will be always it's a up there. Solid choice, too. Yeah. Solid choice. Um, Favorite sports movie? Remember the Titans. That's a good movie. So many great quotes. Yeah, right. Uh, from that one. So, oh, I watched uh, Cool Running. Cool Running. That's like one of my favorite. I, 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 I watched that recently and I was a big fan of, you know, the movie in general and mm-hmm. what they're trying to say and do for Olympics. So that was really cool. I really enjoyed that one. That was a close second. That's awesome. Did you see the, uh, you watched the MJ documentary, right? Yes. Yes. It felt more like a movie than documentary. It was, yeah. It's kind of like proving MJ's legacy kind of sets it away to respect what he's done in the past. Yeah. But yeah, so that's cool uh, to see. I know this is kind of going off the MJ thing. Who do you think is the GOAT in the NBA? I'm just curious as to what you, what's your position on that. Do you think it's LeBron? Do you think it's MJ, Kobe? Like I think what? it's, yeah, yeah, man. I think it's a more of a generational thing, right? It's like yeah. for us, we got to see Kobe. LeBron, yeah, right, and Kobe. But, you know, as much as I have... Kobe is the reason why I watched the NBA. He's my goal. But yeah. I have I put in the same line LeBron James for what he does on the court. The expectations he's able to exceed and, you know, what he stands for, how he stands for the league and what he's, you know, his platform and uh, being able to win multiple MVPs and, you know, coming back from 3-1, you know. So yeah. I mean, I, th- I think in the end, when he's all said and done, when he's retired, people are going to realize how lucky they are to, you know, witness LeBron as a player. So Yeah, to witness greatness. You don't realize yeah. you don't realize what you're watching until it's all over and you don't see it anymore. It's the same with Kobe, man. Like, for me, yeah, I, I, yeah it's just like, it's just seeing him, like, perform – just one last time when he got 60 points against the Jazz, it was phenomenal. And I got goosebumps from like watching that game. Oh, I yeah, still watch that game and it's just crazy. And you know, I like I see your Celtics flags in the background. Like, yeah, I'm from you know Boston. Like, I'm from the Massachusetts area, so yeah. As much as you have a rivalry and you hate Kobe, it's like you got oh, yeah. respect for him when it's all said and done. So oh yeah. But yeah, it's like I think I think we have a great generation of players, but when it comes to LeBron, man, when he when he hangs it up, yeah, yeah. no, definitely. I mean, growing up Celtics fan i could not stand kobe bryant's guts but now like <laughs> obviously he's gone now but just real you know realizing the greatness like i have, I have a ton of respect for him so 
Yeah, man. Yeah. For sure. Favorite sports moment you've been able to witness in person? There's a good list of some, but I would say definitely uh, not necessarily like in person, but, you know, me being from St. Louis, being a huge Cardinals fan, mm-hmm. game six, uh, 2011, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Game six, David Freeze sitting back to the wall. It was crazy. Oh, I From bet. Joe Buck to, to the city. Just, it, it's it's awesome to be part of. But uh, yeah. I would say recently, as much as I keep watching on TV and never get experience in person, just seeing the Blues yeah. uh, win the last year. Yeah, man. Just, it seemed like everything was looking up for Missouri because the Chiefs have won in 50 years. The Blues have won. Yeah in like 50 years so it's awesome just to see how that turns around so i feel like people like people don't appreciate enough about how like as much as people hate boston yeah it always seems like i would consider you know boston to be not like a like a gritty like town that you know has high expectations like kind of like a philly and like Mm -hmm. st louis belongs in a way where st louis right it's like where they have a smart market team yeah every every player is built on you know development mm-hmm. and they always seem to work out really well and it's like we're hated in a way right but i think i have nothing but respect for boston because because my roommates from boston as well i'm like um, you know him being a Sox fan like, yeah Celtics and Bruins it's yeah, like yeah. I have all that success for championship man it's like as much as LA Chicago gets the hype you know the small even New York team, too like yeah yeah I mean it's like you know it's one of those things so yeah definitely I feel like the smaller market teams don't have as much going back to what you said like the expectations because I mean I know like an LA a Boston a Philly a Chicago like New York like all those cities obviously every city expects the best out of their teams but you know the bigger markets are used to winning championships and they just have that higher expectation so yeah man I remember looking at uh, a graphic that had who won each year it's crazy how every other year it's a team that you wouldn't expect to win at all but mm-hmm. uh, the NBA is more predictable and I say in the sense but yeah when it comes to MLB and hockey for sure definitely favorite sports stadium that you've been to other than St. Louis I would say Levi Stadium that was actually super cool that's the that. 49ers right mm-hmm. okay. it was really cool to see it from uh, behind the scenes and being in the stands but uh, a close second I would say Mercedes Benz just because they're like spot Chick fil A. I got like free Chick fil A when I was working the uh, Peach Bowl. It was super awesome. nice to see all like the modern renovations and yeah. behind the scenes and all that stuff. So, yeah, super cool. Definitely. That's the um, that's the Falcon Stadium, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, with that, they have a really cool roof. That's one of the really, yeah, really cool yeah. things about that stadium. So, if you could have a meal with one person, past or present, who would it be and why? Easy, man. Definitely Kobe. Oh, I think awesome. this. Yeah, man. Just like for me, it's just like a, a mentality kind of thing. Like at work, that thick. Like when I watch his interviews now, I'm just seeing him speak on so much basketball knowledge, and mm-hmm. you know him, you know, talking about the game and you mm-hmm. know post retirement. It's really cool to see. And I always wondered because he was like my role model growing up, and the reason why I started to get into sports and you know really do what I do today. So. You know, just having that conversation with, with them would have been probably the best moment of my life. So. Oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Are you a shoe person at all? Like, or not? Yeah, like, are yeah. You a big shoe guy. So, like, what's yes. your favorite type of shoe? Probably basketball shoes. Mm-hmm. Basketball shoes were like really a thing when I uh, started to get into the NBA. Mm-hmm. And you know, the old Kobe's, LeBrons, and as much Jordans. Jordans will always get the hype that they deserve. But you know, yeah. I'm I'm a huge fan of the collaborations that come out recently. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, man, I'm I really like to see things from a basketball standpoint about how it affects culture, and I really love the collabs. Like you know, from for me, I know like the Travis Scott McDonald's thing. 
I love Yay. that. Yay. Oh, that's uh, awesome. Yeah. 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 Definitely. But things like that. It's just really cool. It stands out to me. So, but I would say my favorite shoe though, my favorite shoe would probably be uh, the Kobe pack, which is the three and the eighth, which is like the Lakers colorway. So mm-hmm. I hope to get that one hand one day as a grail. So, but Holy grail. yeah. 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 It's awesome seeing how like sports and can affect culture and just stuff like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. What's your favorite place you've ever lived? And then where's a place that you would want to live that you have not yet? You know, I, I really loved Oregon. When I went to Portland, it was very sustainable mm-hmm. and like uh, very open to just like nature in general and the city, the city culture. It's yeah. something I really want to be a part of one day, but we'll have to see where that future heads down the line, right? But I, uh, I love Florida though. Florida has so many, like two or three hours away. You can just get away from the city, mm-hmm. be close to the beach and, you know, yeah. not having to live and deal with the, the ice or snow is super nice coming from Missouri. Yeah, I bet. Uh, but yeah, man, definitely Portland because that was super cool to see. So. If you got stuck on a deserted island and could only take three things, what would they be and why? Probably like a horrible chargers. That's 100%. <laughs> this is, even though I might not have service, you know, I could do something at least. Uh, exactly. Probably like a, a jug of water and uh, probably like a sun hat, you know, just to <laughs> yeah. stop myself from burning. So, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. What's your favorite part about working in sports and specifically like the creative side? Yeah, man, I think I think it's cool that like, you know, when you take a side to filter being a fan, uh, it's cool to, you know, be passionate about what you love doing and then be able to put that passion into the sport you're working on, right? So it's, you know, for instance, for me, making like an AG graphics so cool. So like, because I'm able to relate to things that I love, which is basketball and art. Mm-hmm. So being able to put those two together, it's just super awesome just to be a part of. And like, I think that's like what everyone will say, right? It's like their inspiration to why they really begin that. But yeah, man. So that's, I would say it's just like that, um, that passion that comes from uh, being a sports fan and the culture side of it. And it's like, it's cool to be a part of an organization that, you know, that you can really feed off of and how that affects the city overall. And it's, mm-hmm. I don't think, I don't, I think the issue mainly with like a, like a tourism city, like Orlando, it's like, they don't have a culture like Boston or mm-hmm. you know, St. Louis, right. Where everyone you see walks around with mm-hmm. the same merch and everyone's really influenced yeah. off how the team is performing. So, but yeah, man, I think we're working more way towards, and that's something that we're trying to build here from a culture standpoint but uh yeah not for sure you do you bring up a good point with the whole the whole city mentality type thing because you get in Mm -hmm. florida you get people from all over you get people from all over the northeast in the winter you get the snowbirds you get people that come from all over the world to go to disney and all the other stuff too so it's just yeah man florida has so many different type of cultures and stuff like that so Mm -hmm. oh yeah so i think that's those are all the questions that i have um cool actually i do have one more um sort of like question one thing that i've kind of noticed with especially since i my internship has been over um and i've been like looking for a job is that the whole sports like creative side is like you know, I feel like there's a family between everybody because especially on like everybody on social media like helps like supports each other. Everybody's always looking out for one another. So do you feel like or what are your thoughts on that? Do you think like there's a I feel I personally feel like there's a huge camaraderie between the whole like sports creative family. I think I know what you're saying, right? You yeah. Gotta, I think it's awesome, man. Like, you know, I was saying because 
so many people help each other out and just root for each other. You know, it's cool that we as human beings, aside from creatives and working sports for all humans, right? It's cool to see us helping each other through hard times, just reaching out to someone. Because I know for me, I'm a huge mental health advocate. And just mm-hmm. being to see people's side of it story and know people from a deeper level, it's it's really cool to see. And I don't think it's, it's a privilege for all of us to be to have that opportunity uh, to network on a level that we didn't know that could be so personable for a brand, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Because you look at LinkedIn, it's very professional all the time. It's, it's yeah. hard to really connect anyone really personally. But on yeah. Twitter, man, it's different because we're able to have conversations like this and exactly. people listen, people hear that. And, you know, it's different from, you know, something like LinkedIn. So I think it's being able to to take advantage of a good platform that we have now being the setting stone for our uh, industry in the future. So, yeah. No, definitely. No, I mean, going back to your point about LinkedIn and I feel like Twitter, I've seen more stuff on there or job postings where people are like, hey, we're hiring here. And then a bunch of people will say, you know, retweet or quote the tweet saying, you know, to like let different people know that there's opportunities. So Twitter is definitely, I feel like an underrated networking tool that people should definitely try to use if they're on there or if they're not to get on there. But yeah, and I'm not... I think I think we shouldn't downplay LinkedIn because that's where job postings are, right? Sometimes the listings are because mm-hmm. sometimes with Twitter, you see things as they go and everything's in the moment, how they're echoed and, you know, tweet wise. But yeah, it's definitely an underrated source. And I would say something that people should heavily get involved in when it comes to like posting your work and trying to get your name out there. So. Mm-hmm. Hey, Tony, it's been really awesome to be able to talk to you today and learn about your experiences and being able to hear about how you got into the sports world and to where you are today. Do you want to give the listeners a way to connect with you if they have any questions about working in the sports world or just being a graphic designer in general? Yeah, for sure. Thank you, David, for having me, man. It's been awesome just to talk with you just about sports and uh, the culture of it. It's also, it's always very, uh, a neat opportunity just to see, you know, the development side of it. Right. And I think for anyone, when I was starting, I think it's always, you know, you should always shoot your shot and ask because you never know who might say yes. But for me, for anyone who's listening and want to reach out to me specifically, you know, my DMs are always open. I may not reply as soon as possible because I always like to give it good thought before I really, you know, set myself to reply to something that I truly do care about. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, in in the end, at the end of the day, you know, as much as, you know, we work in sports, we're, you know, we're only working for ourselves. And the only competition we really have is ourselves. But for me, I think it's important that we help the next generation, you know, get to where we want to be because that sets our values higher and that sets our expectations higher as well. So uh, anyone who wants to reach out to me, please feel free to add uh, on Twitter. Well, it was awesome having you on the show. Hopefully maybe have you on again at some point down the road but yeah it was awesome to talk to you enjoy your week off next week yeah thank you man appreciate it and uh, best of luck to you too man i'll talk to you soon all right sounds good thank you all right man see you
I hope you guys enjoyed that interview. Thank you again, Tony, if you're listening, for coming on the show and sharing about your different experiences with graphic design and working in the sports industry. You had a lot of great advice, and I'm sure the listeners really enjoyed listening to it. If you want to connect with Tony, reach out to him on Twitter. His username is at underscore Tony Huynh. It's T-O-N-Y-H-U-Y-N-H. He also has a website, which is www.tonyhuynhmedia.com. And I will also link all of this information in this show description so it'll be easier for any of the listeners to be able to find where to connect with Tony. Thank you guys again for tuning into the podcast. I really do appreciate it. Be sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to it on. It really helps with the ratings and I really do appreciate it. Be sure to follow the podcast on all of its social media for the most up-to-date information and content regarding the podcast. Be sure to tune into next week's episode. I've got some exciting stuff planned and I can't wait for you guys to hear more about it. I hope you guys have a great week and I'll see you next time for another exciting episode. (laughs) 